0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on
1: 630 Chad.
2: Hey, here we go. Early in the second period, Calgary Flames leading the New York Rangers 1-0. Chris Tanev has his first of the season. Coyotes and Panthers tied 1-1 in the second period. After the first period in Ottawa, the Capitals all over the Senators. They lead at 4-1. TJ Oshie has scored twice. Now has 3 on the season. Early in the second period, Tampa Bay and Buffalo are tied 1-1. Also, the Maple Leafs taking on Carolina tonight, and Toronto leads that game 1-0. Austin Matthews gets his first of the season. That one is early in the second period, and coming up to the midway point of period, two Blue Jackets, one, stars, nothing. Later on tonight, it's the Kings and the Blues, and as I'm giving you those scores, I peek over at the television, and I tell you the Calgary Flames have another one to uh, give themselves a 2 nothing lead. I believe it was Mangiapane who got the goal. I'll tell you here for sure in a second off the replay as uh, the Rangers overskate the puck on the back check and then give it to Penny to the side of the net who swoops in front and wrists it in. So now 2-0 Calgary leading the New York Rangers. Monday Night Football kicks off in about eight minutes. It's my favorite team against Jalen Nye's favorite team. No, we did not wager. Seattle struggling at 2-4, hosting the 3-2 New Orleans Saints. And in the NBA tonight, after the first quarter in Toronto, the Raptors and the Bulls are tied at 24. The Oilers back at practice today after spending the weekend in Vegas. Furness family Oilers hockey coming up on Wednesday. The 5-0 Oilers will take on the Philadelphia Flyers. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. And the game will be at eight. A lot of Oilers-related stuff to get to tonight. Now Friday we have the Elks playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Commonwealth. Six o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. That one will be at seven forty-five. And you know the situation for the Elks—been a tough year. They will uh, likely have to run the table with their five remaining games to have a shot at the postseason, as they are coming in with a record of two and seven. Thanks a lot for checking out the show tonight. So the Oilers, everything's working right now. They're getting good goaltending. They're getting scoring from a lot of different people. They're getting uh, good contributions from all the lines up front. Even if they're not scoring, they're getting some zone time. They're checking well. Uh, Yeah, okay, we could quibble that the Oilers are probably giving up a few too many shots on net, but still, they are getting the victories, and they have banked 10 out of a possible 10 points. And one of the big stories for the Oilers is one of – the new additions one of the biggest names signed anywhere in the nhl in the offseason and that is zach hyman who uh, has scored four goals in his last two games he has five goals six points in uh, five games throughout the season and it, it was interesting what dave tippett said about hyman after the game on friday
1: He scores a lot of goals from about the one-inch line, (laughs) (laughs) which is good. Somebody's got to be there.
2: Over to the left side, his pass in front of the net, hit
0: laner, they're jamming, scores!
1: He has a way of getting to the bottom of the pile, closest to the puck. And that that one he scored the other night was there's a big pileup, but he seemed like he was at the right layer to move it ahead, so... uh, he, he gets in there. I mean, he's hard around that crease. He gets his nose over the puck, and he finds where it is, and he can usually advance it in the right direction.
0: Somehow that thing found its way through. McDavid put it to the net. Robin Lehner could never find it, and I think Zach Hyman possibly poked that into the goal.
3: Over my career, where I've scored goals, is all around the net. Um, Some are uncomfortable around, and, guys, it's, yeah, it's get told early if you want to score goals go to the net and um it's the place to be so I, I enjoy it you know
4: we're just covering more areas of the ice that you know we can 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 score from i guess i don't know we've, we've always kind of had good net front guys i mean that's never been an issue before but obviously he's a, a little bit of a different level so um you know, and he's uh, he scored a, a couple from there already and you know his willingness to be at the net and and be in the goalie's eyes and you know, sometimes he even ends up in the net after he scores you know he's uh he's, he's he's not afraid to go there so um you know, that's where he gets his goals and if he keeps putting them in we'll keep putting them in there for him
1: hyman is an unbelievable net presence he's in the paint yeah he's definitely
4: stepped in and and uh you know he's been comfortable right away um you know he worked out with a bunch of us in in toronto and you know he fit right in there and he's fit right in here so um you know obviously his game speaks for itself so um, it's been a, a seamless transition, it seems.
0: down the right side, goes behind the net, trying to get in front, but that what didn't connect. Here's McDavid out to Hyman,
3: scores.
5: Zach Hyman puts it upstairs.
3: Yeah, I was excited to come in to play with these guys, and I've said it multiple times, but I felt really comfortable from the get-go and training with Connor and and Darnell and and Shoresian in the summer. Like it was, it was like almost like we started our team a little team I felt like I was a part of the team really early even those with only five guys and then you get to camp and you're you're there early and you're meeting everybody else and and it just for me it felt like a natural fit right away so um I didn't really think too much about about it I just wanted to go out there and play my game and help the team win and uh, it's definitely nice when you get off to a good start and um I mean the team's off to 5-0 and starts so that that definitely helps and when the team's winning everybody does well so it's been it's been a good start.
2: All right, so there's a little bit on Zach Hyman, and you know the story worked out with a lot of the Oilers, skated with them in the summer, you know, developed a relationship with McDavid, and they are off and running, and McDavid a unique player, or pardon me, Hyman a unique player because of that net front presence, I I know McDavid said the right thing in that clip, that they've had a lot of guys over the years who have been great net front presences, I'm not always so sure about that. I think they had a, a, a few guys. Uh, I don't know if they had players who, at least so far, have done it consistently as Hyman has plus able to have the finish. I, I know Hyman was asked today about, are there any comparisons between uh, him and Ryan Smith when it comes to that ability to being a pest in front of the net and scoring goals from the one inch line. So if, uh, if that, that's, you know, that's an interesting comparison. We'll see how it goes for Hyman along the way at practice today. Hyman remained on a line with McDavid and Puglia dry, sidle Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins remain together. We'll see how that goes on Wednesday. And of course they practice again tomorrow, Will Dave Tippett stick with the home road split? If he does, that would mean McDavid and Dreisaitl together again and Hyman with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, but still some time to work out that. Mike Smith skated before practice today. He is doubtful for Wednesday against the Flyers, so maybe we see him... On Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks, but at the moment, Mike Smith doubtful for Wednesday against the Flyers. And as the Oilers roll along here, no surprise to see Connor McDavid putting up the points. He's the NHL's second star of the week. They'll go to the right wing to the blue line for McDavid. He'll come down the right. He'll pull to the middle. Shoot! Scores! Connor McDavid with his 200th career goal has given the Oilers
1: a 3-0 lead. Two areas that Connor has dramatically improved since he first came into the league. He's getting way better at face-offs. And can he shoot the puck? Probably if there's anything, it's it's the, the shot mentality a little bit more. Especially off that flank on the power play. He, uh, he shot the puck more this year. But, uh, I mean, he's... He has the puck a lot, but uh, ability to get it on net. I think the other thing is just we're talking about there, you got Jesse and Hyman and people in front of the net. He thinks he can shoot it, and people are there. I obviously want to shoot the puck more. I want to score more goals. And, and
4: uh, um, you know, so, but I think uh, obviously just playing the game and, and um, you know, trying to create chances and, and make plays and, you know, just uh, that type of stuff. Gives it to Nugent Hopkins, looks across, finds McDavid, scum!
1: Well, he's always trying to add stuff to his game. I mean he's you know I think if you look at the players that have come and, and Crosby's a great great example of, you know, he comes in as a young player and he was struggling on face offs. He worked on face-offs and he worked on his back end. I mean and Connor is no different. Like he's he's worked on his face he's worked on shooting the puck, he's worked on one timers. I and mean, that's what that's what those players do. They're looking to expand what they can do and and where they're expanding from is at a really high place already, you know, so Connor's no different than a lot of players. They, they, uh, you know, he's trying to get better, but the standard where he's starting from is different from a lot of players. I mean,
3: I think it, was, it started just training with him and, and seeing how hard he works and how dedicated he is to, to the game and, and to making himself the best version of himself. So... Uh, I think when you have that much skill and, and, you know, natural ability, it can be easy almost to not, to lay off the gas, but I think for a guy like him, he he's somebody who pushes himself every single day, so I think it starts there, and then, obviously, on the ice, he does um, some pretty incredible things. and. Playing with him is a lot more fun than playing against him and just trying to, I think we've started to play together a little bit here, just trying to read off of him because he creates so many plays um, and he's a very unique player. So no, it's been, it's been fun.
2: It's interesting that McDavid says he wants to shoot more because last year in the NHL in the 56 game season, he was fourth in the entire National Hockey League with 200 shots on goal. Basically they played two thirds of a season. So he would have had a 300 shot season. If he gets to 300 shots this year and has a 50, has 15 for a shooting percentage, that's 45 goals. He has scored 41 a couple of times earlier in his career. Now last year his his shooting percentage was 16 and a half percent. I'm sorry to overwhelm you with the numbers here, but just just some things to keep in mind. last year he shot at 16 and a half percent. So if he does that this year and he gets to three shots, that's 49 and a half goals. I'll give McDavid the benefit of the doubt and round it up. He's currently shooting 28.6%, as uh, many people in the analytics community tells you, uh, will tell you. That's unsustainable, uh, highly unlikely, but certainly for him to shoot 15%, even into the high teens, get 300 or more shots, then yes, we could very well be looking at a 50-goal season for Connor McDavid and encouraging to hear him say he just wants to keep firing away. All right, so that's some of the latest from Oilers' practice today. I'm happy to hear from you, of course. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. That's also the number to text if you have a cellular phone that offers you texting as part of its plan. You can follow me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and, of course, the email is inside sports at 630 chadcom we have plenty to get to tonight. We'll t- keep talking about the Oilers, of course, in this five and zero start. Rob Brown will react to some of the things you just heard, and uh, a- an interesting story about sports. Mem- member really, I'm going to dive into that a bit more when we get back. <laughs> Bobbing my head to the music. I'm also in my basement. So I'm doing one cool thing. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. All right. Oilers and Flyers coming up on Wednesday, six o'clock face-off show game at eight. The Oilers uh, home for a game, then off to Vancouver on the weekend, then three more home games next week before they go on their November rodeo road trip, even though the rodeo no longer uses their arena, they still get the rodeo road trip in November flames leading the Rangers to nothing, nine minutes left in the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. All right. So interesting moment yesterday, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, great quarterback, Tom Brady, 600th touchdown pass. So Mike Evans, the receiver gives the ball to a fan just thinking, oh hey, this is cool! I scored a touchdown. I'm going to give the ball to a fan, not realizing it was 600 for Brady. So they got to get the they got to get the ball back from this guy. So the fan who got the ball, his name's Byron Kennedy. He's 29 years of age. So this audio here, courtesy of the Tampa Bay Times, who sent a reporter to interview him in the stands while the game was still going on.
5: I don't normally sit in the front row, so I've never gotten the ball before. Um, and then. Giving it up was tough. Uh, the trainer came over and asked for it. But uh, like, what am I going to do? Say no to Tom Brady? Uh, so he asked for the ball back. Um, I didn't really need the ball. It was cool. I got to hold it, take pictures with it, all that sort of stuff. And then
2: Tom Brady wanted it, so I gave it back.
5: Welcome
2: the Okay, now what's interesting about this is that y- you may have seen some some stories about this that apparently the people who value put values on sports merchandise are saying that this ball could have fetched at least a half million dollars in an auction. And I want to get some clarity on that because later on in the show, we're going to have Jack Cookson on from Pro-Am Sports who knows all about the memorabilia market. But apparently this this could have been a half million dollar football. That this guy was was asked to return, and to be fair, willingly returned. It's not like he was forced to do it. It's just interesting. For a while, he had something in his possession that perhaps could have netted him that much money. So, so this gentleman, Byron Kennedy, now today went on the uh, NFL Network, and here's a snippet of that conversation. Would you like to renegotiate? Um, renegotiate,
5: no, but maybe uh, play around the golf with Tom as a repayment. Okay. I think that'd be pretty
2: cool. <laughs> That's it. So you want a round of golf, nothing else? Like, you don't want to call plays next week against the Saints? You don't want a, a spot on the charter? All you want is a round of golf, Byron.
5: Well, if I, was, uh, if I was calling the plays, we'd probably lose against the Saints. So I'll leave that up to the team.
2: <laughs> round of golf. All right. Byron, I think you could probably squeeze a little bit more, but the ask is out now. This is on, I'm sure, at one-buck place. All he wants, Tom, is a round of golf, okay? We'll see out there on the links. <laughs> there it is. Now, apparently Byron did get a $1,000 gift card to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team store. So he can load up on Bucs ner- merch, but yeah, he, he wants to play a round of golf with Tom Brady. That'd be interesting. Tell you what, let, let's do this for a bit of a topic tonight. You can call me or text me or email me. Uh, any, any? Do you have an interesting sports merchandise story? Did you ever catch a foul ball? Did an athlete ever give you a stick, a football, a, a shin pad? I don't know why you'd want a shin pad. Uh, or, and, or, do, have you parted with a piece of merchandise, sports-related, sports memorabilia that you now regret parting with? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll we'll collect some of those and and get to that as we move along throughout the show tonight. Rob Brown's going to check in next. Inside Sports on Chet. i can't get enough of that commercial for the chucky tv show inside sports where you come to for your possessed doll content dk metcalf with an 84 yard touchdown for the seattle seahawks halfway through the first quarter seahawks lead the saints seven nothing hockey tonight flames up two nothing on the rangers late in the second period hurricanes up two one on the leafs five minutes left in the second period canes with 20 shots on goal maple leafs just with nine also in the second caps up four three on the senators panthers leading the coyotes three one it's one one lightning and sabers Blue Jackets lead the Stars 2-0. Second period is almost over there, and the Kings and Blues are underway scoreless 15 minutes into the game with the Blues out shooting L.A. 16-5. Basketball tonight, Bulls 61, Raptors 51. It's now at halftime. So I was talking about the story with the Buccaneers fan, Byron Kennedy, who briefly had the ball from Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass, you heard him saying someone from the Bucks said, "Hey, can we have this back?" Um, so, uh, for fun tonight, you can tell me your favorite piece of sports memorabilia, or or maybe how you obtained something. Like, did you catch a foul ball? Did a did you know? Did somebody throw a stick over? You know, sometimes players will put the hockey stick over the glass after the warm up or after a game. So, any, anything like that, or is there a piece of memorabilia that you're like? oh, I wish I still had that because maybe it had monetary and or sentimental value that you don't get the benefit of. Uh, Before we bring Rob Brown onto the show, we will have Heidi on the CertainTeed Hotline, CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. Heidi, I understand you had some memorabilia that you, you wish you still had, or what's the story there?
6: I have a very deep regret. Um i'm a teacher so i'm kind of a you know disciplinarian i believe in logical consequences but i went a little too far on my 16 year old son he got his first speeding ticket on the white mud and he didn't have any money to pay for it so i made him sell his ricky ray signed jersey
2: oh no okay (laughs) you made him sell his ricky Ray signed jersey and that covered the speeding ticket
6: but now I want it back. But it's
2: in a shadow box on my on his uncle's
6: wall. So I might it see him one night. <laughs> so he sold it to his uncle. Well, I sold it for him to oh. his uncle.
2: Yes. So well, at least it stayed in the family. Maybe your uncle could give it back when he turns twenty-one or thirty or fifty. I don't know
6: now so we'll uh, we'll see if we can get it back maybe for christmas
2: this year well that that is an interesting way to part with some memorabilia i wasn't expecting a story along those lines heidi thank you for calling in and it sounds like you might be in a vehicle right now so i assume you're keeping it under the speed limit so thank you for that yes
6: i am thank
2: you <laughs> all right that is Heidi at 780 Okay, well, that's a new one for me as we bring in Rob Brown. I was expecting, Rob, someone saying, you know, I had Phil Esposito's autograph and I accidentally threw it out when I moved or, uh, you know, or, or I gave something away before I realized how valuable it was going to be or, or I, you, you know, lost my hockey card. Collect- but, no, I did not think that uh, a member piece of memory will have been sold to pay for a speeding ticket. That was an unexpected one from Heidi.
0: Well, they were fortunate that it was Ricky Ray's jersey because if it was my jersey, I mean, that wouldn't have been able to cover the cost of the speeding ticket. Maybe a, a parking ticket. He could sell my jersey and be able to pay the $10 parking t- ticket. Poor kid, though. Yeah, I guess he needs to get a job by a back from his uncle and so all's happy in the world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, you still get I guess it's slowed down a little bit here in the uh, pandemic era, but I'm sure it will pick up again. You still get a lot of things sent to 630 Ched to be signed. And, like, these are literally from around the world, correct? The hockey cards people send you?
0: Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. You get from Germany, Germany, Slovakia, Sweden, all across the U.S. Yeah, it's neat just looking at the uh, different addresses that come in. So, yeah, I still get some, not like it used to be, but it's kind of neat seeing where all the... People are from when they send the cards
2: in. Now, are you, oh, you played in the NHL. So, mm-hmm. is it, do, do you, did you keep anything from your career or did you get anything from teammates while you were playing or maybe now when you know them a little later on in life that you consider, even if it's not valuable uh, with money, that it has some emotional. Value. I'm just wondering because I, you know, for an NHL player to get something from another NHL player, I don't think would have the, the resonance of a fan getting something from an NHL player. Like, do you have anything like that?
0: Uh, I, I have all my jerseys. I think that was important when I played. Whenever I left the team, I always made sure I took one of my jerseys from that team. Uh, I've got uh, a couple sticks from Junior. I got one that when I played in the Memorial Cup, I used to play against a guy in Portland. Dave Archibald, who used to shadow me. So, before, at the beginning of the game, I wrote high arch on the bottom of my stick, and then I wrote letters or messages to him before each game in the series. Whenever he took face-offs, he'd read my stick. Still have that. I got a stick from when, when I was in Pittsburgh that both Mario and Paul Coffey signed with myself. Got some cool pictures, but as far as getting things from other players, I should have. I played with, I don't know how many Hall of Famers over my career. Uh, probably would have helped put my kids through college, but... I, I never was into that. I never was into memorabilia. So uh, my other than the, the cool things that I like are the, the pictures that I have that are blown up on my wall in my basement and my jerseys, which are all at my mom's house. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of, of stuff. I wish I would have. It, it probably would mean more now to me now that I'm sitting here and I could show it to my kids and to my buddies and stuff like that, but not something that I was really into when I was playing.
2: Okay, so put yourself in the situation of this Bucs fan who has the, the Brady football. Mike Evans gave it to him. A Buccaneers player gave it to him. <laughs> would <What> have you <laughs> just readily given the ball back or would have you said, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's meet after the game and we'll negotiate something?
0: <laughs> I, I would have given it back. I would have. Um, just because I know the importance of, of milestones for, for players. Um, I would hope Nowadays, it's so easy to find out who, and obviously they know who the person is. I would expect Tampa or Tom Brady or somebody to reach out to this gentleman to give him something, whether it's an autograph, another football autographed jersey or something along that line to say thanks, because I'm sure uh, a lot of people wouldn't have given it back and would have got into a negotiation. So, yeah, I I would expect that someone would give him from the organization to give him something for... The the kind gesture that he made.
2: Well, he wants to golf with Tom Brady, so we'll see if they make that happen. Obviously, it would be in the off season, and and I know we have a very uh, loyal caller to overtime open line named JP who has been <laughs> begging you for your autograph. But it, but by the the amount that JP tends to indulge when he's listening to our show, you better get a bottle of wine out of that, Rob. <laughs> well, I
0: I think that well we talked about it. He and I meeting up, and that Chad was going to pay for the the bar tab, but I don't think Chad could afford the bar tab if he and I were going drinking together. So it might just be a, a nice luncheon and a coffee instead. But uh, yeah, no, actually, I'd love to meet JP. You know, we, we've talked to him for so many years now. I'd love to sit and get get to know JP other than over a, a telephone.
2: All right. And along those lines, Rob, let's get down to brass tacks as <laughs> the Oilers got back to practice today with their 5-0 and record. Connor McDavid, second star of the week putting up a ton of points, obviously dangerous whenever he has the puck and uh, all those types of things that we've come to expect from him over the years. And he he said it today and he sort of talked about this. It's kind of been a bit of an ongoing theme for him. He said he wants to shoot more. So I double checked last year. He was fourth in the NHL in shots on goal (laughs) and he still wants to shoot more. Maybe bad news for opposing goaltenders. Well, the
0: one thing that we've noticed over the last number of years, Reed, is when Connor gets a two on one, he's shooting now. He never shot before. So he is he is going with whatever the best option is. And a lot of the times when the puck's on his stick, the best option would be for him to shoot. So he's shooting more and he's having success. He's gonna score fifty goals. He might score more than that, but fifty goals is on the horizon for Connor McDavid and that is scary for anyone playing against him because he was always the, the best, but you, he had tendencies. It was, okay, I'm going down on the ice in a 2-on-1 or a 3-on-1. I'm going to make a play. I'm going to pass it. Now that he doesn't have that tendency anymore, so it's hard to read him, which makes him a more effective hockey player.
2: Yeah, and I, I I looked at the numbers. I mean, basically last year he was on pace for 300 shots over an 82-game season, and he shot 16.5%. So if he replicates that, that pace for both shots on goal and shooting percentage, that's 49.5 goals. And I did say, Rob, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and round up. I mean, what if, he gets to, what if he gets to 350 shots and shoots, you know, 18% or something like that? I mean, we could be staring down a chase for 60. I know we're speculating, and it's all fun while they're 5-0, and o, but it still is kind of fun to think about.
0: Well, the, the ability that he has mm-hmm. and his work ethic and his want to be better just lets you imagine what he's capable of doing. Um, A few years ago, Sidney Crosby, when he first started out, he was more a playmaker than a goal scorer, decided he wanted to score 50 goals and went out and did it. Uh, Connor McDavid's got, you know, unparalleled uh, abilities and skills. And he he used to be, and again, he used to pass the puck. That was his first thought. Now his first thought is to take whatever's the best option. And he has an incredible shot. He's trying to add a a one-timer to his repertoire, but his wrist shot is as good as anybody's slap shot in the National Hockey League. It's an absolute bullet. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm saying he's going to get 50, but I'm not discounting 60 or, or even more than that. He's that good a player. And when, I mean, I remember Paul Coffey said a long time ago to score 50 goals in the NHL, you need a few empty netters. Well, if the others are continuing to win hockey games, there's going to be empty nets, which also adds to your total. Uh, Tom McDavid <laughs> has the ability to uh run away with scoring titles and run away with, like, he could be. A, I don't know what a triple crown is in, in hockey, but he could lead the t- league in goals, assists, and points. And I would not bet against it over the next couple of years.
2: Well, and that, I mean, just to throw in another study, I mean, what if he did lead in shots on goal? I know that's kind of belonged to. Ovechkin and Matthews, Uh, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson actually is leading the league in shots on goal this year. It's, It's still early, but that's something else to watch for as well. Rob Brown joining us tonight on inside sports, Zach Hyman, Dave Tippett gave that great clip after the game on Friday that Hyman scores a lot of goals from the one inch line, Rob, you know, Hyman and McDavid spoke this afternoon after practice, as did Tippett. McDavid said, well, we've, we've had a lot of guys with good net front presence over the years, but Zach takes it to another level. Uh, I believe I will say that perhaps Connor McDavid was being polite to some of the previous (laughs) members of the Edmonton Oilers uh, because you and I often discussed uh, the net front presence uh, a little bit uh, lacking. But, I mean, five goals for Hyman. So he got the shorthanded goal on the wrist shot. He got the one-timer from the slot off the feed to McDavid. All the other ones, he's been right in the blue paint and jamming it in or sometimes having it go in off his skate like he did against the Golden Knights.
0: Well, the difference between Hyman and a lot of other guys that made a living in front of the net, and, and I was one of those guys, he, he, players tend to play to their strengths. For me, I wasn't a great skater, so I wasn't going to beat a lot of guys one-on-one. I didn't have a howitzer, so I wasn't going to score from you know, the top of the circles very often, so I hung out in the blue paint. The thing with Hyman is we see he's got great speed. He scored on breakaways. He beats guys one-on-one. Uh, the goal that he scored the other night... Uh, against Arizona, I think, where he, the one-timer from behind the net for McDavid. I can't remember if that was Arizona or, or Vegas. Uh, that, was, that, again, was
2: Vegas. Yeah, that was Vegas. Yeah, Okay,
0: Vegas, a great shot there. So he is a great player in front of the net in the blue paint that plays that net front presence. but he's not one-dimensional. He doesn't have to go there just to score goals. He can score goals other ways, and that's what makes him such an effective hockey player. And... What we've seen over the last number of years with McDavid and Dreisaitl, when they're engaged with another player, or often with two other players on the other team, they rarely, if ever, get knocked off the puck or get knocked down. They, their ability on their feet is, is incredible. They, they usually win the battle, but they never, ever are out of the play. And that's what Hyman is, too. If you really want, the more I get to watch him, Every battle he goes into, it, it seems like, oh, here comes Hyman out of the battle with the puck. Oh, he's now taking it up the boards. He's got a great little play where he goes one way and quickly turns the other way and leaves the, the guy that he's battling with well behind him. He wins those races. And uh, he is a very good hockey player. That The more you watch him, the more you appreciate uh, what he's capable of doing. And the more you wonder if Toronto made a really, really poor choice and, and get, sending money elsewhere not to a hymen. because he is elevated the game of, uh, of all the stars on the Oilers because he's able to drive a line by himself. He doesn't, he's not a complimentary player. He's going to benefit obviously playing with Leon or Leon or Connor, but he, he can do things by himself. He doesn't need players to make him better. He just needs the players that he's playing with. He just it takes both of them to another level. So, uh, he's been everything that they had hoped for for the Oilers. I think he's even exceeded that thus far this season.
2: Yeah, I, that's an interesting way to put that, too, because we talked so much about they need a complementary player. They need a, a sidekick, so to speak. But a lot of times when Hyman's on the ice, th- that's a good point. He doesn't look like the the sidekick who's benefiting from other people making plays, though sure that's happened. He's often doing something to initiate the play or, or or getting, like you said, he's so good at getting the puck and keeping plays alive. He's been fun to watch for sure. Fun start to the season for the U.S. Rob, we could quibble about a couple weaknesses on the team, but but they're 5-0, and so we'll worry about that down the road, buddy. Thanks so much for checking in, and I hope your uh, your autograph hand is nice and rested. <laughs> those those cocky cards are going to be coming into Chad now that I mention this.
0: As I get older, I, I don't need to rest it as much. There's not as much coming in. Sounds good, we'll see you on Wednesday.
2: That is our Inside the Game analyst Rob Brown for our Oilers broadcast here on Chad. And as I mentioned, the next one is Wednesday night, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 8 against the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, we'll uh, check uh, your memorabilia stories when we get back here to Inside Sports. Okay, have some good memorabilia text here. I'll get to as many as I can throughout the show. I'll do this one right now. Adam says, my grandmother got hit by a puck at an Oilers game. The puck was shot by Brett Hall and deflected into the stands. The story is my uncle Ian ducked out of the way of the puck, letting his elderly mother get hit in the arm. She passed away in 2001, and my uncle still has the puck. Oh, wow. Okay. That's something, Adam. 7804960063. We have Douglas on the line. Douglas, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
5: Uh, I got a bit of a strange one for you. This took place back in 1985. I went to Toronto to uh, on a kind of a working holiday at a buddy's place. I stayed there for three months, right? And the Skydome was just being built, right? It was still a hole in the ground. Okay. And uh, this guy, his phone number was Skydome, right? So they <laughs> they offered this guy, I can't remember, I think it was 200 grand or two tickets to every event that it would ever take place in the Sky in the Sky Dome. So he took the money but uh <laughs> what would you do? Cuz I mean that, that's that, amazing. I mean, there's, no, there's no no Maple Leafs, no Raptors, I don't think. The Raptors play in the Sky Dome and they play in the in the same building. They, as the I think
2: League. they might have used Sky Dome for a season or two, you know, but it would have been a smaller configuration. So his so his number, the numbers spelled Sky Dome. And then in the in the 80s we didn't have to dial the area code, right? So that his number was just skyed. That's so. What did he get again?
5: Two hundred grand, I think he took.
2: Two hundred grand.
5: Which was a lot of money in '85, right?
2: Instead of the tickets to all the, I probably would have taken the money. What about you?
5: I think I would have took the tickets because I mean, uh, that's for life, right? I was young at the time, so. Uh,
2: yeah, well, and I guess was, the Blue Jays I mean, were that was pretty a big good. Story on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome, Douglas. Thanks for sharing that, man. Thanks for listening.
5: Don't worry, take care.
2: John writes in, he says, Hi, Reed. The closest I ever got to any kind of memorabilia was a hockey stick signed by Terry Harper. Harper was in Vegreville in 1962 when they opened the new Recreation Center Ice Arena. He donated a signed hockey stick to our school, Lavoie Elementary School, and it stayed on display in the sports case. When the school finally closed, I did gain entry, and I looked for that stick, but I never found it. I always wondered where it went. Wow, that's neat. I'm sorry you couldn't find it, John. 7804960063. 7804960063. Uh, somebody's texting in, taking joy in the uh, Leafs having a tough start to the season. We'll see how long uh, that lasts. I'll get to a couple other memorabilia texts as we move along. Dave Campbell's going to visit us after the 7 o'clock news, and we'll dive deeper into the memorabilia stuff with Jack Cookson from Pro Am Sports between 7 30 and 8. 6:30. Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on 6:30. Chad.
0: Nine
1: one
6: one. Nine one one. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God! The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hover in, hover. Hello? Are you there?